What? Man, 2020, <laughs> the year that just keeps on giving. Yeah, should we just pack it in? Dude, this is absolutely insane. Like, it, it, I, I don't think anybody could have ever in their wildest dreams guessed the just whirlwind of events that have transpired in what, like six months? Yeah. We're only halfway through it and <laughs> literally everything you could ask for. It's true. Oh, yeah. you know what I Someone was doing like a month by month thing and they're like, yeah, you know, each month something bad happens. But to wrap it all up in December, Bobby Shmurda gets out. <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> so, so I know you just sent me the photos from the apartment of people marching down oh, yeah, yeah. Roxbury. What was that? That seemed pretty peaceful. Yeah, well, I I heard some car horns honking like a lot. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" So I looked outside, and there's just a sea of people in the road. Yeah, and uh, so I went up on the roof because I wanted to. I couldn't see all the way down, and there's a lot of people in the street. And uh, oh, yeah. there's been like three waves of that now, I think. And I can hey, hear like uh, what time? Yeah, what time do you? Um, what is the first wave? What time did I send that? picture uh, it must have been like yeah there's no curfew enacted in in boston is there no yeah i was uh looking through the boston subreddit because i was like trying to see i because i was looking to see if there's a protest today and i was going to go to it but I, I when i checked this morning i didn't see anything <clears throat> but uh they have like a stay at home advisory i think they're calling it from 9 to 6 a.m which is like we don't so encourage you to be out in the streets, but it's not something where you're going to get like a fine, like in a uh, DC, they have a curfew, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Is Minnesota, uh, yeah, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Oh, did I send you guys the picture from my, my uncle think... Tom? No. Oh, he was, a, he lives in Minneapolis. This is a oh, picture wow. he took from his apartment. You'll see it in a second. Um, I saw Seattle was, was it last night where Seattle was wild? I don't yeah, know. I think, I think I think the worst nights were Sunday and last night. Yeah, Sunday in Minnesota was or Saturday in Minnesota was really bad, but Yeah, I think Sunday is when it started spreading to other other cities cuz like Saturday was the bad night in Minneapolis and yeah. then Sunday was pretty bad in like New York. Um Boston it was bad Sunday Boston. too. That's where like the riots broke out. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else? Uh just pretty much everywhere. L.A. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I've been I, I don't know, surprised, but caught off guard by how much, like, international support this has, too. Like, yeah. Everywhere else in the world, they're having similar protests for the U.S. Well, I think it's it reached a boiling point. And then also, the I think the, the biggest factor is just people have been cooped up for six months. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody but has I've anything seen, to do. Uh, in like uh, Japan, I think it was, they were doing similar protests against police brutality there because I think... Uh, yeah, I, I think they I want to say an Iranian guy was killed there. I don't know. I know he wasn't Japanese, but they had something there for him. Um, I think in Iran, they're doing stuff for George Floyd. Mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised. I was... Uh, when I was talking with my family the past couple of days about it, I like... Europe kind of gets a free pass on this stuff, I feel like, because it's like racism is pretty bad there as well. 
But I feel yeah. like people don't realize it as much. It, it's I definitely think so. And from I've only been there once for like a total of like three weeks. And you can definitely see it. The thing though that's completely different over there is their their relationship with the their police, like whether it's Germany or France or what like the relationship between the police and the minorities there is different. Yeah. Most definitely. I, yeah, I don't think it's nearly as bad as it is here. But I just never picture it being a problem over there. Well, yeah. I guess in, I guess in France, there's always protests there, right? In in France, it, I feel like in France, there's a lot more uh, issues like racism issues with Muslims. Yeah, mm-hmm. why well, I remember I like uh, in Europe, that's true. Yeah, yeah like, Europe in general. When like the French team won the World Cup, they were saying like, uh, "Yeah, we don't." We don't want to like celebrate France with this victory. We want to celebrate like Africa, where we came from. And France is like, "What the hell? Like, you're playing for France." It's like, "Yeah, but you treat us like shit. Why are we gonna celebrate this country that treats us like absolute garbage?" <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, issues over there with that sort of stuff. And I think it was what was it last year with the the bombings, too, or maybe it was uh, two years ago. It might have been two years ago, but there's a lot of. Uh, Terrorism. Yeah, I think it was two years ago over there. I think it was during uh, the Euro tournament. Yeah, Euro twenty eighteen. It would have been, or was that the World Cup? I forget. It would have been the World Cup, but World Cup. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty eighteen. Yeah, so I remember that. But I think that uh, I think that the main thing, the reason that this has gotten so big, is just because people, like I said, have been cooped up for. And people are still unemployed. Four, four like, straight. yeah, they're unemployed. They don't have anywhere to be. Like, people yeah, are yeah. upset. They're just upset with everything. And it's yeah. this, they're not getting taken care of. They're like, like, just angry at the government in general. And they angry at the world. Like, it's just a out. sad time. And, and also, just like the media has kind of been reporting on. There's, oh, they're, they're there's, doing a terrible job. They're terrible. I'm so mad. I hate them so much. Every single major news network is a piece of garbage. Oh my god! But the thing, the thing that is true though, that's just kind of like the common, you know, denominator that every every single news network is saying is these these protesters are can be divided up into like three groups. There's people out there who are legitimately protesting the George Floyd death. There's the anarchists and the looters and rioters who are there. Yeah, who are there to watch the world burn, yep. Joker style. And then the third group is just people. The counter protest guys. The, the keyboard warriors who are going out oh, yeah, yeah. and just to be a part of things and filming stuff on Instagram. And just those, like, those people are the worst. Did you people, see the video of the woman who like got out of her Mercedes and like. Oh, the fake boarding up the. Yeah. Street. She, like, <laughs> got a photo op holding up a drill and then got out yeah. of Mercedes and drove off. Yep. Those people have to be the scum of the earth. Yeah, that's just pathetic. And uh, while I do respect people on Instagram and Twitter or whatever doing this like blackout thing, like it's, I think it's like you know, there's no harm in it. Yeah. It also just does, at least for me. I mean, I I'm not gonna post anything like that just because I don't use social media. And also, I think it would just be it wouldn't be genuine of me because like that's not what i use yeah. social media for now yeah. who am i going to share this with my like 30 followers on instagram like the yeah. only people i talk to are my close friends and i think at least personally like the way i think that the best way to combat racism 
in my opinion, is just you got to affect your inner circle and right. actions speak louder than words. So, I mean, I, I can't, I don't have a huge following like celebrities. I think it's different when you have a voice and yeah. you're, you can outreach your outreach um, when you go onto social media, if it, if it can reach that many millions or thousands of people, you have, it's a different, it's a different ball game there. But for someone like me, I'm not going to hop on the bandwagon of posting a black square on my Instagram. <laughs> I thought my phone was broken all morning. That's not how I go about things. And honestly, I don't think that's the best way to do it. I think yeah. it's kind of a waste to just do that. I, I understand, you know, like the symbolism yeah. behind it, but I think putting out thoughtful words, it, instead of that, you know, like you can leave the bat, the background black or whatever, but put some like thoughtful text over the top. I don't know. It's just like, I think there's a lot more opportunity for, for uh, but it comes across as just like, like you're saying, so like disingenuous. Where it's yeah. Just like, it just seems like people are hopping on the band. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, I know like, people are coming from the, are, are yeah, good place from the heart. place. But, but like not everyone can go out and protest. I mean, maybe you, you can't donate to like some of the funds either. So like this is the only way you feel like you can get involved, which is fine. But like when everybody's doing it, it like I feel like it just loses its value to me. It loses its value. And I think that that effort, like it, it's basically just virtue signaling. Because if you're not going to act on, you know, the, the current situation the current atmosphere i think the best approach is you just have to limit or combat the racism that you see in your personal life whether yeah. that's you know you're at the grocery store and you see something happen like you got to speak up there it's not it's not posting a, a black square on instagram that's going to change yeah. things it's your action like it's just the nature of social media where everything has such a quick turnover rate that this will be like forgotten, maybe not by tomorrow, but I would say by next week, this will be out of people's minds. Whereas I feel like if you go to a protest, that'll stick in your mind way longer than making one post will. Exactly. And I think, I think while the protests are helpful, they, it, it's only worthwhile going during the, like the daytime. As soon as yeah. the sun sets, these things are getting out of control way too fast. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, that picture you sent your yeah the picture from my yeah. from my uncle tom yeah yeah that's, that's wild that looked like the end of that looked like the apocalypse it's like they don't really know who's like doing this like looting yeah. you can like if there's a video of someone running out of store you can obviously tell who the looters are but i don't know if they have any photos of people that are like setting these buildings on fire i think i saw one maybe some dude like set himself on fire when he was trying to throw a molotov into a building that's the only one i've seen but like because I see a lot of people, well, it depends on which political side you're on, but it's like, oh, like they, they try to make it out like all these protesters are like anarchists and like rioters and looters where it's like, mo I would say 90% of the people out there are trying to do the right thing with a peaceful protest. And then the other 10% are trying to take advantage of the situation. But you don't know if those 10% fall in the same class as the other 90% or if it's just like, people from different groups trying to like sneak in. Like you've seen plenty of videos of people like being under the, uh, like disguise or something like yeah. that guy that was smashing the auto zone windows. He was like, dressed no, there are people here that, that are, there are basically like professional instigators of these. Yeah. Riots. Like yeah. they're just, 
And I, it, it doesn't, the media keeps on saying, oh, these people are from out of state, out of state, where it doesn't matter where they're from. They're obviously in the US. It doesn't, yeah. who cares what city they're from? But there's, a, there's definitely underground anarchist groups that are leaping on this opportunity. Yeah. Or it's people from the other side where they don't like what these people are protesting. So they go and do these things to exactly. make it seem bad. Like the white supremacist. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the, the opposite side is the one doing it, though. But it's just yeah. hard to like with so many people. It's it's hard. It's hard to pick out who is doing what. Yeah, I think the way to solve that is you set a timeline for the. I know a lot of people like to stick around after the protest is technically over. But if you want your protest to have like good reporting and like a good image, you got to make it clear with the people coming to it. Like once this time comes, we're leaving because we don't want to be held responsible for anything that happens after. And I think that's what a lot of different groups are trying to organize now. But then again, the problem is just one, no, it could be the most peaceful protest ever. But once the mob mentality sets in, like and it's, it's also, very quick to turn. And, and well, people, like, uh, good meaning people can turn really quickly when they feel they're threatened. I was going to yeah. say, I think that's the big problem with like, uh, if you take the whole thing with George Floyd, for example, do I think all four cops are necessarily bad people? I think the one dude that was kneeling on him is definitely a bad person. But the yep. other three bystanders, I think they, they fall into that mentality where they don't want to stand out. They don't want to, like, speak up against what's wrong. Just Yeah, it's, it's, like that bully, it's like that being friend like, the bully idea. Yeah, the majority, I think a high majority of people fall into that category where they just they'll follow the lead of whoever they're with. And it either takes a really good person to get the group going in a good direction or all it takes is one bad person to like start the riots and like the instigating and stuff like that. Yeah. But people have to have the courage where if someone starts to, I've seen a couple of videos where uh, I saw a video of some dude, he was like uh, smashing the sidewalk with a hammer to get stones to throw at the Yeah, the other guys stop him. Yeah. The, like six guys tackle him and like bring him over to the, Oh yeah. And handed it to the guy police. and arrest him. Yeah. You don't know which side people are going to go on. Are they going to do the right thing? Or are they just going to follow the whoever's being the loudest pretty much? Yeah. yeah. And, and kind of what you just said, kind of going back to what I was saying before about like the Instagram hashtag blackout or whatever. Sure. You're posting that and you're saying, you know, I'm with this cause, but like you just mentioned, you, people are either going to fall. The majority of people fall into that bystander group when, you know, they they're talking they're talking the talk but they're not walking the walk like they'll yeah, say yeah. oh i'm with this you know i'm all about these peaceful protests but when the actual situation arise arises are they going to be in the group that you know sticks up for their fellow human being or are they yeah. going to be in the group that devolves into chaos to me but i will say like just purely the amount of people in this country there's like 300 something million people if all 300 million people were in the streets, that's not possible. So like, you can't really hold it against people for not being out there, but you gotta try to get involved in other ways. Like either if it's just like trying to like educate yourself and other people for when you like talk to them, just like if you can affect one person and then they affect the next person, it's just like a chain reaction of people. Exactly, that's what I was saying before, is like you have to, you have to work on your, little inner circle that community that you have interaction with every day you know or every week because i think the people in the streets are good to keep people inspired they aren't out there to keep like 
Because if people keep seeing images of this stuff, it's going to stay with them and they're going to keep talking about it. But if the protests eventually, I don't know how long they're going to last, if, say in like another week or two, if they die down a little bit, then people are going to start like going back to like whatever the other news is. So I think it's important that they keep doing them just so people don't forget because people have such like short, short attention spans with this kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, to me, I think the Instagram thing is sort of, it's kind of just like the easy way to, it feels like the easy way out to like contribute yeah. without like, you know, oh, I posted something on Instagram and somebody kind of like gets the validation in their head. They're like, yeah, I participated in the cause, but it's sort of, yeah, I think the the trickier or the the harder thing is like trying to call it out in your own circle because I feel like it can be, I feel like that's more challenging than than it than it seems like at face value it's like oh call it out but then it's like okay what does that actually look like to to call it out and impact your your inner circle your your close group of friends or whatever you know sometimes i, I don't know that's sort of an interesting uh interesting yeah, I mean, idea this past weekend when we were talking it was like me my sister my dad and my mom we were all talking even just between the four of us like we disagreed on some stuff and i like called whoever it was out on whatever they said and tried to explain like my view on it. I, I feel like that's the biggest change in me personally over definitely since like before college, but I would say even within like the past two years is I feel like I'm way more like outspoken against something that I don't necessarily agree with. And I'm more willing to call people out on it. Yeah. And I think, also, the, the main thing is that most the majority of people just don't have experience with dealing with a diverse group of people, like especially mm -hmm. down here in the South. I think like, that's that, yeah. that, that it's the, the main thing is just it's just ignorance because because they don't have they don't put themselves in the uncomfortable situations of, you know, reaching out to other groups that they they typically don't have contact with. And yeah. I think or, that yeah, was something that I they just don't like speak out. They'll just be like, all right, whatever. He has a different view. I'm not going to like acknowledge him or like try to have a conversation with him. I'll just not say anything. And it's easier that way rather than try to hear someone else's point of view and like kind of have a back and forth. Well, people are like, I think people are afraid to not only like, I mean, people are afraid of confrontation, but they're also nowadays afraid to have their mind changed. I feel yeah. like. I feel like people like, you know, for people down in the South, like that mentality is really, you know, so, some of the, some of the subtle racism, cause there's, there are varying degrees of racism. We can agree, right? Like there's, you know, the, the subconscious. Yeah, it's, just like there's, it's just like there's different degrees of a crime, like right. you know, petty theft is different than a murder or yeah. arson or something like and that. So like the, it, the, it, the, it's, it's on, it's on a scale. Yeah. And the subconscious biases, like I, I feel like that exists with those, um, with like with groups of people in the south um i feel like what was i saying um well i think what you're what you're trying to get to dan is that people changing their mind shouldn't be seen as a weakness right yeah people, that's, yeah people exactly. try to expose if if you if you change your mind on a subject that you're you're passionate about due to you know new evidence or somebody making making a compelling argument a lot of people in your your own group tend to pounce on you and expose that as a weakness. When that's not a weakness, that's the greatest strength that you can as you say, have, right. have as a human a being. Lot more admirable if someone's willing to like admit like, I was wrong about this. Like I, I don't know, I had like not a revelation, but I just like found some different point of view and it really stuck with me. 
Um, I think that takes that's a lot more admirable than someone doubling down, even when they know they're wrong. They'll double yeah. down rather than like admitting they're wrong because it's ingrained in us that it's it, people are it's, so like, you're losing the argument. It, yeah, it shouldn't be seen as losing the argument. It's like no, you, somebody made such a compelling argument that you side with them, and also yeah, it's because possible. it makes sense. It makes more sense. It's also just possible someone's more informed on the matter. Like so I've been talking to people before and sometimes and they'll just, you know, you've get, we've all been there where we've gotten owned and you're just like, yeah, dude, you just Yeah, you that's way more than me. To admit when you're wrong. They just yeah. drop a bomb, you're like, god damn. <laughs> god and also damn. the other thing with like the group mentality, I remember what I was trying to say is that people like they're, you know, it's part of their identities a little bit like this this you know, I, this is sort of something I think about a lot where like the political their political ideology is part of their group identity. You know, it's like a group of, of Trump people all support Trump, all believe Trump, all do this. And then, you know, if somebody kind of, if you go against that, like you're sort of now bucking the social groove, like you're not part of it. You know, it's, it's sort of that herd, men- it's still group mentality, you know, it's a. Yeah, I think another big problem is that most white people never experience being the minority because there's plenty of people in the u.s that have never traveled outside of 100 miles of their hometown yeah that's a, that's a large percentage of people that's a huge percentage of people and it doesn't matter like just just even being temporarily somewhere where you're not the majority like that's a huge culture shock that a lot of people don't experience and that's yeah. it's a humbling experience that's true because whether it's foreign country or living in a prim- primarily minority neighborhood or something like that, like you're, 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 de- you're most definitely uncomfortable at first, but then after a while you just realize, no, there's no reason to be. It's just, yeah. you're, you're uncomfortable just because it's different. Yeah. Cause you haven't experienced it before. It's the same reason people don't like trying new things because you get st- stuck in kind of your, your own comforts. You're just content and, uh, with with where you are and and change is difficult but that's the best way to go about you know improving yourself as well as just improving your kind of worldview and and your knowledge of different situations like you're not you're not going to get anywhere by just hearing the same thing in your echo chamber over and over and over again i think that's the problem with social media people can easily surround themselves with people who think exactly like them and they have no resistance to their thinking. Yeah. That and it, and social media has is the driving force behind why this got so big. Like the Rodney King riots were big, but th- there was there's just such a huge scale, like a exponential that was an LA increase. Riot. Yeah, that was in yeah, LA. 94. I think it was 92, 94, 92. 92. What a, yeah. yeah. But anyway, a very like similar situation, but just because technology wasn't there yet. I yeah, mean, that was confined to just LA, right? Exactly. I don't, I don't know if if there were. Well, I assume there's stuff going on elsewhere, but it, like this is like the LA riots in everywhere, all fifty states. Exactly, every major city, and that that's just because social media and technology is just allowed for people to to organize this for, say, for good and for bad because that's like that's where all these these anarchists and and looters and stuff are planning stuff out because there it's not just random spur of the moment stuff this is orchestrated events 
That's like uh, Matt sent me an article that some marijuana dispensary in Boston. It was like a black owned dispensary yeah. or whatever. They got absolutely looted and like everything was taken. But they said that it seemed like a targeted attack. It wasn't some random like, oh, let's go break into this story. It was like, we're going to wait till everyone's out in the streets and then we're going to go steal all the weed from this store. Well, I was reading that they're planning, they were planning on doing that to some particular shopping district in. Oh, they shut down West Farms in Connecticut because they. Um, yeah, they that, that's been the main like, targets. Are, yeah, have been like shopping. Go, like, raid the malls and, and targets. they just closed it down preemptively. <laughs> targets and Target. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's, it, it's wild. I don't know what yeah. to say other than that. <laughs> Yeah, it's really crazy. I'm just on top of the craziness that already went on, but yeah, that definitely. So, uh, yeah, someone pointed it. out that we have like the Great Depression, the 19 was it 12 Spanish flu, 1980, and the, the 92 LA riots all happening at the exact same time, all over the country. Yeah, yeah. And I saw a, uh, a article as well that there's been 24 earthquakes in Yellowstone as well. I saw that there's like upwards of a thousand per year, though. I saw that. Oh, too. really? Okay, so it was just some sensational yeah. headline. Yeah, it's like, don't. I was gonna say <laughs> we're fucked. Yeah, because if Yellowstone blows up, volcano, we are fucked. That yeah. that would the the eruption itself would destroy the entire West Coast. Just the eruption. Yeah, and then the like the ash and the the soot and stuff would block out the sun for the rest of the United States. What it, a, would, it would literally destroy it half the world. It would, I think there there's an estimated um, if it erupts, the estimated death toll is five billion. Damn. Damn. Yeah, that's a, it. Would, it would just start a volcanic winter. Yeah. That would so be a, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear from you that uh, that yeah, I saw a thousand a year. Some guy he was like, guys, don't get all worked up. There's like three hundred to a thousand earthquakes at yellowstone a year see that's some that's some where i get really mad at the media that's just trying to rile people up even that's more just, yeah that's clickbait which is the same thing uh with all like the major news networks most of the f- they're showing is like rioters and like looters and stuff like that where it's like why don't you show the footage of the actual peaceful protests but it's because people are going to watch the looting they don't want to watch on TV just a peaceful protest. Yeah, they don't want to watch people behave. They want to see all the chaos going on. I've got to say, it it makes me really disappointed just in American media because I've been watching. I've been watching videos like nonstop today. I'm addicted yeah. to it. Like it's yeah. just, it's like it the Kobe Bryant thing. In. It was like yeah, so it, much it, happening. You don't want to in. Yeah, and it's just like it's wild. Just because I never thought it, it just exploded so fast. Yeah, and. It's just an absolute roller coaster. But I've been watching a ton of videos today from the Australian news networks, and I don't know if you guys saw when like the Austra- Australian uh, cameraman and reporter uh, yeah, like, were like yeah assaulted by the the police during that like bum rush. Yeah. But so I just kept on watching all these Australian news networks doing their reporting, and it's just such they do such a better job. They're just reporting no nonsense as opposed to trying to politicize everything. Yeah. And yeah, that's where I've become so even more disappointed. And TJ and I were talking about it a little bit earlier is how 
the all the people in federal positions of power have just completely been out of touch with this whole ordeal. They've yeah. been out of touch with normal like everyday Americans for decades now. Oh, for de- but this is this is just especially this though, like, to me because yeah. this is just this is just a humanitarian type thing. Yeah. And they can't even relate to people on that. Dude, Trump so, Trump decided to fucking do a a photo shoot. Yeah. TJ and I were talking about this earlier. Yeah, me and Dan were talking about that. And and started a whole he started one of the riots basically. They are military. He disbanded. He called, yeah, he started protests. one of the riots because he wanted a photo op, so he wouldn't look like, like a little yeah. punk ass bitch hiding out in his bunker. Because that's what yeah. he did. He He's held one of the ones crying in front like, of a oh, church. the looting needs to stop. Like we need to have peaceful protests. Like we can't be having that. Peaceful protesters outside the U.S. Oh, let me shoot some tear gas into them so I could go take go take a damn picture. Thirty oh. minutes before the cur- curfew. Yeah, 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 it was before the curfew was even up. That's the craziest thing. That's like the, one of the craziest things I've ever heard of. And it, like, he's done some crazy stuff and said some crazy stuff, but like, that's, that's by far his most pathetic thing. Yeah. I was like that. This is like, and I think, I don't know, to me, it seemed like a lot of people were really disappointed at like, cause it was really a stupid I've seen, thing. Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of people come out and like, yeah, this is like, this is not going to fly with us. Yeah. That's and like, that's the other people that are just going to ride his dick until the end. Yeah, but there's always somebody like that's exactly. Yeah. There's always those crazy fanatic type people. Much like there he's, are people who are... he's toast though. Yeah, yeah. this is. I I, I mean, Joe Biden's not doing a great job either during this. He's just yeah. He's, he's been, been like, like I haven't seen anything from him. He's so out of touch as well. But he Trump looks pathetic. Yeah, I will say as much as I like Bernie, I've. I haven't really seen anything from I don't know if he's in the background trying to like work on something right now, but I haven't heard anything from him either, as much as I like him. Yeah. I, I mean I don't if know. he's not yeah, he I mean if he's not in the race anymore, then it's But he's usually one of the people that, you know, is like out there like either making a video or what's going on. Yeah. But I haven't yeah, I haven't really seen anything from yeah. him either. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Bernie was arrested during the civil rights movement. Yeah, that's, that's a common Which, like, with all this going on, it's, like, it makes me want to get involved because, like, he's someone that I really look up to. He always, like, does the right thing. He has good morals. And it makes you think, like, in a couple decades from now, people are going to ask you, like, because this is pretty much, like, the second civil rights movement, I feel like. I don't know if anything's going to actually come from it this time. I hope it does. But just in any case, it's going to be, like, yeah, what were you – like doing to support the cause or whatever. And I don't want to say, oh, I was uh, sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because yeah. this movement, like, yeah, I see it as a second movement, but it's so much harder because it in the other movement, you know, with the first civil rights movement, there was a... Uh, um, it, was, it, was, it was more black and white. Yeah, the laws, there were, there were laws that were very clear. That, well, but there was also, it was a lot clearer what needed to be done. There were discriminatory laws that, needed to be abolished you know there were laws in states that literally allowed you to tell you which bathroom you can and can't use like oh i gotta it, i gotta find what it is like that's part of the um I, do you guys know who killer mike is yeah I, yeah. No, I, yeah did i send you that video i i, 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 I sent it to i might have sent it to chandel and liam but yeah, yeah he, he gave some really nice he gave yeah. a really good speech which you know he's about all about like he was saying like was it uh strategize organize mobilize stuff like that yeah. and uh i forget i don't know if it was maybe uh someone else i was watching they said like you know 
we're kind of just out there blindly, like we're against like the police brutality and stuff that's going on, but we don't have like a list of stuff that we want done. Like we just, our message right now is just stop killing black people pretty much. But we need like a clear set of goals. Like this is what we want done. And I, I got to find it and send it to you guys. There's a organization that has like a list of 10 things that is like, this is what we should be asking these people to do. So mm. it's like, we do have it. I just feel like most people haven't adopted that and yeah, into what they're trying to get done yet. But I think it is, it, I got to go through the list and see what exactly each one is again. But I know like about what it is, but I think it'd be good to adopt something of that. Yeah. I mean, I, but part of it, I think what this one is different is that people, there needs to be a mentality change amongst some people. I think some like, you know, in, in a culture like the police force where it's true that like in the same, you know, in the same way that it happens with the rioters and looters, it can happen with the police force. Like you, like you were saying with the, with the three guys, but like, even when they're, you know, you've seen some videos of like people of police, um, you know, kind of seemingly needlessly like pushing people to the ground and like, yeah, I feel like that's like really aggressive. Like, it's just unnecessary. I see. I mean, the thing though, the thing though, TJ is just like how the media has that bias towards reporting negative news. They're going to report all the negative police cases as well. And I've seen positive stuff like the Flint. Exactly. I, I know, but oh, everybody loves the Flint guy. I know state troopers in Connecticut, I think, were hand in hand with the protesters today. So I know there's good stuff out there, but like, same thing. The situation, like, all it takes is one bad cop to do something and someone's going to get killed. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that the best thing that could come out of this is they need to come up with some sort of citizens review board for police. Like if they if they run into any case where there's suspected police brutality, they should have a citizen review board that that is basically like a jury on it. There there needs to be like oversight by the community. Yeah. Because the the police immunity that's going on is ridiculous and yeah, they need to stop the immunity they their, their job their job is to protect and serve the community so yeah, the I, community I, should have input into whether or not they're doing their they job. Are, they're doing their job they're doing their job right yeah i think that a big thing people have been saying is like defund the police because their budget is just like i've oh i saw that uh this just really struck me as weird because I live in Boston now, but that in New York City, there's more police officers in the schools than there is the entire Boston police force. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been I've been seeing that the a ton of places are pulling their like contracts with the. Well, they say the, the, the union contracts are a big problem. Opened a civil lawsuit against the Minneapolis Police Department today, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's it, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, they say the union contracts really handcuff, no pun intended, um, really, uh, really, yeah, tie the I think the unions, of the, of as the, much as I like unions, they have people. way too much protect. Like the blue code, like you got to protect like a police officer. Like if they do something bad, the union's going to back them. It should be, no, the union, we're going to try to be the best police force that we can. If you do something bad, you're out. We don't want you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a messy problem. There's a lot of different different facets to it that 
they have to tackle. Because it's true that like the one thing that you think about is when you know if there's some crackhead or junkie coming after you, you want the police to step in and take the guy out. Like you don't, yeah, you know, I don't. I, I'm not saying kill. Like yeah, you want to be able. You want to trust. Your, you want to trust the police. Yeah, but you want them to be able to to appropriately handle the situation. And sometimes, yes, that does involve restraining somebody. That does involve taking somebody against their will. Like you know, the best example of where this is really appropriate is if somebody's tripping out on drugs. Like that's where I'm like, mm-hmm. no. Like if somebody's just clearly out of their mind, like you need to take them and you know take them somewhere where they're not going to hurt anybody. Like I, you don't know how that person's going to act. Yeah. Like so. They they don't have control of themselves if they're on some hard drugs. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, you yes, we want to to make sure the police are not, you know, killing people unnecessarily, you know, at, as they currently, you know, as it as it happens. Like it's it's just awful to think that somebody just for no re like for it seems like a meet, you know, they just didn't these people didn't have to die and and uh but at the same time, like, yeah, you know, you need to somehow balance that with well you know, they got to do their job. And I think some people are suggesting that, you know, maybe this is time that we overcorrect a little bit. Maybe we've been undercorrecting for too long. Maybe we just stretch it a little bit too far. And if we decide, oh, wait, you know, people are, you know, crackheads are running free, then then maybe we try to come back towards the middle a little bit. But some people are suggesting that, you know, a little bit of overcorrection might not be such a bad thing, just so people can see what it looks like. We don't even know what what it looks like if, if the police are a little less aggressive, if, you know, if the police are able to, uh, you know, if, if they're required to, to, to do their job in a slightly different way, like TJ and I were talking earlier about, you know, maybe they should be using rubber bullets more. I mean, they were doing damage on the peaceful protesters, which isn't okay, but like, yeah, they for all do- the crap I've seen from that stuff. I, that, that was one of the things I was talking about a couple of days ago with my family is I, I'm astounded at how quick someone is to pull out an actual gun why don't they have more non-lethal options? Like right. either a shotgun with a beanbag or these rubber bullets, which is like a f- rubber 50 cal bullet. They make it sound like they're pellets, but they're not pellets. Like, are, are you talking, are you talking about during these protests? Or are you no, talking no, about no. day to day life where people are oh, getting okay. killed for no reason? Why aren't they using these non-lethal options? Like, do they not have them? Like, I know they're probably like, trained a certain way like if someone does this like pull out your gun or whatever sometimes they're probably not they're probably just too scared or whatever but i think you also have to take into take into account though like a lot of the situations in which police are called people are armed and dangerous so like there's so many i think i think i think i think i agree i definitely agree with you that there needs to be a change with how they approach different situations because if somebody calls in and say says hey there's some like you know drunk on the street here does that require you to pull out your revolver? Absolutely not. Like that's one non-lethal stuff. I think for a lot of cases though, like there are, like the cops are trying to look out for them. Like it's, it's fight or flight for, for them in some of these situations when they don't know if somebody's armed, like you're always going to protect your ass first. Like, are you actually, do you handle pressure well to be a cop? Like maybe they need better, evaluation well, that way like how do you handle to a me, situation yeah i was thinking actually because to me some of this cognitive bias that exists against a certain race might like like if somebody has a cognitive bias it might not necessarily be because they've had this long-standing familial passed down bias but maybe somebody experienced a close call or a fearful situation yeah to, just post-traumatic 
yeah, PTSD. Stress. And so to me, I thought like, because not, you know, obviously in the case of this, of George Floyd, it wasn't like, that wasn't the case. The guy just, he just killed the guy. Like, it's kind of crazy what he did. Like, um, but, but in some of the other ones I've seen, cops shoot out of fear. Like Joe was saying, it's fight or flight. And like, it seems like they just, you know, I, I remember I watched one where it, it seemed like, and it, the real sad part is that there are so many of these where you're like, oh yeah, I saw one of the, it's like the mass shooting thing where there's just a, so many that you're like, oh, which one? Um, but I, I remember watching one video where, you know, it was just clear that the guy misread, the, the officer misread the situation and completely acted out of fear. And to me, it's it's PTSD, exactly. It's a mental health thing. And I think because police officer has like a, a bit of a culture around it that's not necessarily in tune with mental health it uh it makes it, it it makes it that much more troubling and that much more difficult to you know i think that's where people need to talk about the the culture change that that's kind of what it means is like get help when you need it and i yeah. think another problem is that there's a lot of police officers policing neighborhoods that they're they don't live in yeah and I think, like, just in Roxbury, where we live, like, like an cop patrolling like an inner city, like exactly, like the people, the the cops, the cops in Roxbury are not from Roxbury. Yeah, I will say though, like, there is plenty of instances where it's a black police officer against a black man. It's not. Yeah, just- exactly. I think I think there's a lot of a lot of people that are saying like, basically, you're selling out if you're becoming a cop and you're black that are part, part of these like inner city communities that don't have, I think that's it. Have good relationships with hit the hardest by like police brutality and like discrimination and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. They don't have a nice relationship to begin with. So even if you join up, like you, you know, like we don't have a good history. Yeah. They do feel betrayed. Yeah, they feel betrayed, but I mean, those those are the also the people that are trying to make things right. So like, that's yeah, just like an impulse judgment, just because you're a cop, you know, like a black cop in a, you know, when you grew up in the in the hood, like you're betraying your people. I think that's like just a rash judgment because those people are just trying to, for the most part, trying to make their community better. Yeah, but their goal is. I can like change this department. Like I can make some changes that'll be for the good. Mm-hmm. That's probably their goal going in. It's just hard for they one get caught up in it. Yeah. Unless they're like the police chief, you can't really do much. Exactly. And imagine if you just are constantly getting harassed by people for being a sellout and yeah. joining up with the cops. Like that's got to take a toll on you as well. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's what I think, you know, is that, yeah, exactly. It must take a toll to be, to be like to take a job, you know, if I if I were to get a job like that, you know, uh, like to take a job where you really want to help and you're just like it must yeah be a little bit obviously no excuse for killing people meaninglessly or senselessly, but like I could see how it would be hard. It would just it would be challenging to try to wake up every day and want to go and help the community and just take you know and and take it for, like take harassment from a lot you know from people every day. Um, I could just, and just see be, how, and just be treated like a villain. Yeah, even like though you're out like, there trying to do good, and, and you know your motivation is is good, but it's it's uh, because of the association of the whole group. It's you know, and and I guess that's the same problem with with uh, that black people have. You know, they, yeah, they're just, it's, the same it's just problem. The, yeah, exactly. It just cuts both ways. Yeah. I think another thing that I kind of thought about in the past day or two is just you can like in these videos you see coming out 
some people relate very well to cops if it's all about the personality of the cop if they're a yeah, hard -o, it's like if you're a hardo nobody's gonna like you nobody's gonna respect you but these cops that are like more relatable like just talking to them like they're a normal person you have a lot you instantly have a lot more respect and like willing to just like you know listen to them hear them rather than instantly have this like me versus you mentality did you see the videos of like it was one of the it was like well, a couple of nights ago in Minnesota when like the protests were all dialing down they arrested a bunch of they like arrested the people that weren't leaving and then apparently they like they had to wait in line for a while and they were like waiting in line with the cops and after a while they, it was that like it was like the fourth or fifth night and it was like after a while they just sort of started chatting it up with some of the cops like the people being arrested because they were yeah, like, just having person to person human conversations yeah and it was awesome they interviewed this guy and they're like he was like in handcuffs and they interviewed him and they're like oh do you regret getting arrested he's like no like i just i didn't leave i didn't do what i was told but like you know the cops weren't bad to me they just they told me i wasn't doing what i was told and i was under arrest for it and and he, he's like and the and he's like and i've been having a really nice conversation with this with this cop here you know he's got friends he's got family i got friends i got family. it's just you know and so i don't know to me i think if people if everyone can just be a little bit nicer to people i think it could go just a long way like just a little bit of friendliness to cut down some of the animosity like i think i totally agree and i think that the main thing is that you just need to shift your point of view and look through somebody else's eyes yeah that's what that is and the only way you get that is by having conversations with people it's only going to work if both sides do that too if one tries one side does it doesn't it's just a lost cause exactly and i think that's why it's so important that we should encourage like people to police their own communities like the police officers should be from that particular community because well, you know the then people, it's, like... it's so much more you're so much more relatable then you're so much more personable you know you have similar experiences because when when you have a conversation with someone it, it doesn't take long to find the similarities in it you think you could be the most different people in the world but that's why i really enjoyed about northeastern and i think it's like 20 percent foreign kids is they speak a different language. You know, they come from halfway across the world. Yeah. But if you have a conversation that's longer than 10 minutes, you're going to find a million things that you have in common with each other. Yeah. And that's, I think a, a lot of people just have a problem with having that five minute conversation and looking past what the, the cover of the book is. Yeah. I mean, some of the conversations, I mean, you know, I, I had a, I, I didn't get that experience at Gettysburg, but in China, like, that was, I mean, I had some really neat conversations with my, with my Chinese roommate and other Chinese folks about history and about like their, how they see, just how they see history is literally different than how we were taught it. Like they were just taught a different, a different set of things, um, because partly because of what's important to them, but partly just because, you know, it's a different place, different things going on. Um, and they don't, they don't know that much about racism. You know, I, I like, I remember, you know, one time one of the Chinese kids like ran up to this black guy that was in our group. And he's like, I, I think your black skin is really cool. They just, they had never, he had never seen it before. And he just was like, he didn't think it was racist. It wasn't like, but it was just a really, I don't know. I had, I, it was weird. That's it was blonde hair too, right? If you have blonde yeah. hair and you go to China, they're like, up, like amazed by it. I mean, I'm yeah, in, well, 20, in Paraguay. I remember in Paraguay, they'd always be like, take off your sunglasses. Cause they want yeah. to see blue eyes. And they, yeah. and like, like Dan's long hair, uh, blonde hair. They'd yeah. be like, take off your hat. I'm in 25 pictures at least of Chinese people, which is random. Like this old, there's one time this old dude, this, this young woman runs up to me. She's like, 
you know, my grandfather's from the farm. It would really mean a lot to him if you uh, took a picture with him. Uh, he's never seen a white person before, and and he he really would love that. I'm like, yeah, sure. I am like, it's just me and this old Chinese dude with his thumbs up, and like, it just takes a picture next to me. <laughs> and so I'm just hung up, probably in some dude's house on a farm in China somewhere. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, it went unfamiliar. I mean, they had they had such a better attitude because they didn't have the you know their history isn't full of an animosity if that's a word race like like you know they're all one race over there pretty much but it's not like n there was never a systematic oppression against another race or at least that are still alive today um there was a little bit of non-han chinese people i believe um i mean they're doing it again now well i was gonna say you say that but they're what imprisoning a million people right now that yeah, are, and, and that they have a out of religion or something yeah, yeah, yeah. in, no, in it's, west it's china a, it's a, uh, it's i forget a, who they are it's an ethnic group uyghurs yeah. is what they're yeah. called yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah um, they just don't it's hate like white Turkish people chinese they just don't hate white people that's what it, yeah. that's really um they just they love they they really like white people for some reason it's weird uh, yeah no they have well and that's part of the government's like a lot of that is the government's fear of losing west china to uh, like becoming another Middle Eastern country. Um, yeah. so that, I mean, it's a police state over there. That's what I've heard is it's concentration camps. It's, you know, and they, the government's really been trying to keep it quiet. And I mean, you know, they, they do well, a lot kinda, of things. It's kind of like a power grab, like Poland. Yeah. In world war two. Well, Hong Kong is what that, that's a power grab. That's what they're doing over there right now is. Yeah. I mean, but with the, the Uyghurs, it's like a, it's an ethnic cleansing though. Yeah. Like that's straight up Holocaust stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's the kind of stuff that like you know you people always wonder when they learn about the Holocaust like how it happens and like I like I see how it could like we don't yeah, know what they're doing over there right now. Overnight. Yeah, but like we don't know what they're doing over there right now. Like it could be ha like they could be doing some really messed up stuff. I mean, I've heard I've heard some bad things about what goes on in. in uh, yeah, uh, I'd be willing to believe they're doing bad stuff rather than not. In the Shanxi province. Uh, Kajgar and and I think Wegor is the other city, um, but but yeah, it's a I don't know I, I had a I had a, a unique experience there experience like I just experienced the whole issue of race differently there like it just you know in the sense that like they didn't like they liked Americans they didn't care if what we were white or black although they did think like when they saw black people they did assume they were from Africa. They didn't. They think all Americans are white, and they like my my friend, probably my best friend. While I was over there, was a black guy, and like he, like he had to deal with people being like, "Oh, you're from Africa." Right? He's like, "No, I'm actually from America." They're like, "Wait, no, but you're not. You're not American." And he's like, "No, I'm not white." Like, what's <laughs> the like, difference? <laughs> he's like, "I literally could not tell you anything about like, Africa. I've never been there. I don't like. I'm from Atlanta." Like, <laughs> <laughs> craziness. Yeah. Yeah, but China's China's weird. It's all right. I will. I gotta, do you remember, like back when the pandemic stuff was starting? I was saying how I wouldn't be surprised if there was another civil war. I could kind of like see it happening in the near future. Uh, I don't think we're quite there yet, but I think we're getting kind of close. Mm, if the, oh, if it keeps fun. escalating, I think we're getting not like full on civil war, but like some no bueno. And I will say, I mean, 
I don't know how optimistic I am that something's going to change. Like, I haven't heard anything from any, like, politician yet. Like, oh, like, we have some policy plans or whatever. So I don't, I really don't think they care. And no, I think the that... only way they will care is until somehow, some way, money starts getting involved. Either they start losing money, with either through it's like burning federal buildings, they have to rebuild them, that costs money. I don't know if that's it, but that's the first thing I can think of. I think that's the only that somebody has to start losing money for there to be change. I think that's the only way, really. Well, that's why I think there won't be civil war, right? I, 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 uh, I, I'm familiar with and I've read a lot about the economics of the the golden arch theory. Is you know almost I, I believe there this the theory has been bucked, but like or not bucked, but the the pattern has been bucked in one or two instances. But two countries have never gone to war with each other for a while until like 2010 where there was a McDonald's um, like two countries that had a McDonald's never went to war with each other. And they, the idea there was just simply that companies like war became a lot more costly when the company, when companies became far more intertwined with globalization. And so the, so they start losing a lot of money in one place yeah, until and, their government stopped doing that. We're losing and, a lot of money. And the corporations control so much, much like they control, they, they the control everything. Yeah. And like they control the media. And so if they, you know, they're still making money off all these stories, but they want the stories to be just scary enough that people watch it, but they don't want people to actually go start doing stuff. Cause then, you know, if a country goes to war, you're losing money. Like you're, you know, um, with the exception of the defense contractors who are hopefully different from the advertisers, you're, you're losing, you know, if in, in the long term, if your country is killing its own people, like you're not going to be as productive, you're not going to make as much money. Like, even if you're looking at looking at it purely from the not human, you know, oh, let's just make money standpoint, like civil war oh, is yeah. not good. Yeah. For C- civil money. wars never. Because the civil war, we had like half the country literally trying to break away and make their own country. Yeah. We're like, no, no, no. But like, but it, in this case, we're not trying to like divide up the country into more countries. So I don't think it's going to like get to that point. Yeah. I just think, I, civil war is like the only word I can really put to it. I don't think it's going to be the same like sort of thing. escalated mass aggression. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, that's why I think it's more so like domestic terrorism because yeah. it's just like these bad apples, you know, just literally psychopaths going out trying to start something, and other people would get wrapped up in it, obviously. But it's it's not like it's people. It's not like citizens fighting citizens. Like you wouldn't have people enlisting basically for like two sides. It would just be the current police and military versus these rioters and looters. I don't know. I don't think it's it would be just against rioters and looters, though. I why? don't know if it's gonna escalate. Why would why would people point. get involved then? Because the police like so like so like with the military getting called in. That is bringing it to a whole nother level. Like you're going to use the military on your own citizens and people aren't just going to back down from that. That's the thing. I don't, I don't know what the next step would be, but I don't, I mean, with Trump in power, he's not going to back down. So, and I don't think the other side will either. So I just don't know how you deescalate it without obviously giving the people the change they want. I think the majority of people, though, would like so in that case scenario, right? Here's what happens, right? Some, some rioting and looting just escalates to the next level, right? And then the military gets involved, and if there are casualties, then people, then that will spark the thing, which is all the you know Second Amendment people 
I was going like, to say, I think the next step is all these people that have guns, they're going to start going to the protests with guns. Just like in uh, Michigan, they like storm the state capitol with guns. I think something like that might happen where people start showing up. Like uh, in Louisville, some guy got killed by the police because they thought they heard shots when they didn't. So they opened fire and killed some guy. And the retaliation is, all right, we're going to start arming ourselves when we go to these protests in case something something like this happens where we can defend ourselves. And I, I think that would probably be the next step towards it. I hope it doesn't get to that point, but I think that it's possible. I think the majority of people though, don't wouldn't like subscribe to that. And then yeah. also there, there's plenty of people that there's, there's plenty of people out there who are just like, you know, small business owners that are again they're kind of like a third faction who are just trying to defend their property and i think that's where the majority of people would fall under it wouldn't be people who are trying to retaliate it would be people who are trying to protect themselves yeah and but i mean i think um something i i uh, learned a lot about in my last year of college was like i i just happened to hear a lot about the gettysburg battlefields because i was in the area and i i kind of thought a lot about war and like how people I don't think like I remember just hearing specific stories about soldiers because I had some friends who are you remember you talked to my friend John Joe you remember him he was a real knowledgeable guy um, but I remember the uh, these horror stories of just people like fighting these mini battles like they kind of had you know anecdotal evidence of these people like in the horrors of war um, and I just thought like people today aren't tough enough for war like they're no, not they're not. Like, they don't understand most people don't understand what war actually looks like and i think most people like because our our standard of living has gotten higher and like because we've gotten used to the security of our lives like they don't want like that's a they don't want like they're not they wouldn't be there for it they no no people when shit hit the fan people would lay down did you see that video of some like looter or something who I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was looting or just being a jackass and breaking shit. But he like broke J.R. Smith's window. J.R. Smith, oh, J.R. Smith destroys this man. Yeah. So so many people. There's so many keyboard warriors out there who have started going to these protests. And when things get violent, they're getting fucked up. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I think because I, so I agree with Dan. Tied, the the two sides that there are right now. It's like. The police, Trump is backing the police and using the military. And he also has all the Second Amendment, not all, but a good part of like all the Second Amendment people on his side as well. So if they, for some reason, start showing up, that's when it's going to get problematic. All, all, it, all it takes is one mistake to happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the the republicans like the second amendment the stereotypical like conservative second amendment people have been staying out of this for the most part i think for now until trump says go get him because i think uh, it's I don't, very possible that he says that even if he does say that like we were talking about before that he already did try most, of, most of his people have just lost all respect for him he still has like 30 percent of the country behind him i don't think so i'm not sure he, yeah he does i don't think so I, there, well, there's a difference between there's a difference between having 30 percent of the country who would consider voting for them and 30 percent of the country that's going to roll up with guns. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think I, I think it's the same class. The 30 percent. No. Yeah, but I don't. 30 percent of the people up. in the United States. You think three and ten people that you know. No, because I no, because I don't live in a in the south is where it mostly is. 
three out of ten Americans would not do that. Yeah, I think, I think they would. These are how dumb they are. They'll listen. They'll do anything he says. No, that's just a gross generalization. I, Most I of these people so. are just honest, hardworking people too. There's, are there more racists down here? Hundred percent. But most of these people are just, most people are just trying to get by, make money, support their family. Have They're not fun. gonna. If Donald Trump says, "Hey, pull out your guns and start us shooting these people who are protesting," three out of ten people are not gonna do that. Maybe not the full thirty percent, but a very good amount of them, I think, would. How, what percentage of people do you think would? I think maybe like half of those maybe like 15 see, I, I, no. see I'm, I'm here for the joe so. rogan i've always thought the joe rogan measurement's a really good one where 98 per, yeah 98 percent of people you get 100 people together there's bound to be two idiots that's i've always thought like yeah that that kind of holds yeah like like I'm i think there's two i think i think there's two people that would roll up with gut like who would actually think, roll up with guns just think about these protests how many what percentage of the protesters do you think are violent protesters as opposed to peaceful protesters? It's like 1%. For, for protesters? For this entire thing, yeah. Uh, well, I think, it, I think it depends. Like I was saying, all it takes is one person to start it, and people are going to follow that one person. No, on yeah, the but the one person who person. starts it is different than the people who join in on the mob mentality. Yeah, I'm but if they, the join, if they join in, they become part of that group. No, it's not necessarily the same because they yeah. were no, no, because th- th- then it's 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 a different level. Like you don't say the difference oh, between murder and accessory to murder. It's like the the cops, right? There's the the cop who actually murdered George Floyd by kneeling on his neck, and there's the people who stood around and did nothing. They're, yeah, but the, that's the bad, point. The people but there's different levels. Something, but they didn't, so they're part of that group now. Because you can't you can't have four people kneeling on the guy's neck. You can only have one guy doing that. But the other three, they could have done something. But they didn't, so they become part of that group. Yeah, they become part of that group, but they're not the ones instigating the that conflict. And I don't know what we're talking about is instigating the conflict. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying once one person instigates, I think a, like people will start to follow that. No, I think they're, they're not, they're not yeah. willing to instigate it themselves, but if they see other people doing it, then they'll be willing to join in, knowing they're not going to be by no, themselves or whatever. I yeah, think I still good. don't think 15% of the United States would. And I think go they're more likely arms. to more likely to do what those three officers did, and that not not join in. They didn't. They didn't all just try stand to stand by and watch. Just stand by and watch, and just okay, you're gonna kill this guy. We're gonna we're just gonna be here, um, which is you know obviously not okay. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's equally as bad. Do they deserve to be put in jail? Of course. Do they deserve to, you know? be uh to come to justice of course there's different levels to it like they're not going to be charged with murder the same way george chauvin or whatever his name derek is chauvin. derek chauvin yeah no they should be why uh because it, it's the same thing if you if you're a part of a crime where someone killed something and you're the getaway driver you're going to get charged very with murder is. not murder accessory. yeah exactly and there's there should be that separation yeah, they shouldn't be charged with the same. You can't. You can't be guilty. What's it called? Like guilt with by the association. Nerd, yeah, guilt by association. Like the. You still. You still deserve to be punished, but the the punishment should be different because it's a. It, different it'll be different, but it's not going to be the like, same thing. Not, they're not going to get like a slap on the wrist. No, they no, shouldn't. Of course. They should go to yeah, jail. Exactly. Yeah, it should be accessory to murder. But not murder. Exactly. 
Well, I there were what two other cops on him, so I think they you could make the case that they could. Since yeah, they were actually on top of him, and there was only one guy that wasn't. So like maybe they'll divide it up that way. I, don't that, know. I agree I with that still, in the sense that like because you're still like on the guy part of the restraint. Well, you can like tell when a guy goes unconscious. That's my thing. Is why are they yeah. on him for two minutes after he goes unconscious? Exactly. That's outrageous. Yeah. You, you you also know like after only doing a short amount of uh, this like MMA jujitsu training before the whole pandemic thing started, dude, you know, you're getting choked out within 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah I saw like, the, that's why there's the tap. Some guy did a de- uh, demonstration where he's like, yeah, I want to put this crap where like, you can't like talk or breathe or whatever when someone's in a chokehold. And so he's like, I'm going to have my friend put me in a chokehold and I'm going to talk the entire time until he got to like, to the verge where he was about to pass out. He's like he's not he's not blocking my windpipe. He's cutting off the artery going blood. to my brain, yeah, it's, it's and that's going to kill me. And that's how I'm going to pass out and go unconscious. Yeah, it's a blood choke as a, opposed to asphyxiation. But yeah. the thing is, the thing is, I don't know why that officer would even say he's still talking. That is the most he's still talking, so he can breathe. That is the most outrageous thing ever. Yeah. Just, because just thinking about it logically, if you have oxygen still in your lungs, you can still talk. But you, you might not be able to breathe. You can't get new oxygen. You're just using what's still in your, your lungs. And yeah. he, you can obviously tell. In eight minutes, I mean, everything about it. Uh, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. We all know it's ridiculous. But I just it's just incredible to me that the, those guys stood by. Because you know that they have the training, too. I don't know where it went wrong. Yeah. I- because you just know you just know you can choke somebody out. I read somewhere and yeah. I don't and I don't know if it was and I don't know if this could be BS, but I thought I saw it in the Washington Post. Um where one of the it was one of the guys suggested at one point that they get off him and the the, the guy Derek said, No, we should stay on him. Um, yeah, I mean that guy just had he, he wanted to kill the dude. Yeah. He had the look in his eye. And the person who was filming it said it too. He was like, look he's at your body. He's got a bad history of like complaints. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had like 18 then, complaints or something. The, yeah. the, the dude who was filmed the whole thing, he said to the guy, he said, you, you're enjoying this. Look at your body language. And the dude yeah. just kind of looks up and smirks. And he's got his hand in his pocket or whatever. Man, yeah, that's Terrible. just, that's messed up. That's just. <sighs> Why do people freaking do bad stuff? I, I just, I wish people could just. No. Just knows, get along Dan. and bland five one two three for president. <laughs> my dad was going on a rant today because I've been, I've, I, I called him and, and we said Doug twenty twenty. I was like, <laughs> I could get that's a cause I could get behind. <laughs> Sign me up, Doug J. Just I forget what he was saying. He was just you know saying normal stuff. He's like, you know the the kind of the thing that I think, and this is why I don't think a lot of people would. Um, jump up with guns and start shooting people is because I think what most people there's mostly what I've heard from people is like black, white, whatever is, is, you know, the protests are good. We should keep having them. We should keep striving for change. We should keep doing things like, you know, blocking the road for a period of time. Like that's all good stuff, but like we got to stop burning the place down. Like we can't, like it doesn't make sense. And the thing is, is that's a sentiment I've heard from a lot of people. And that's like, that's why I think that uh, that I don't think people will just roll up with guns the next like at the next. I don't think if you said like go kill them like all all fifteen percent or whatever I said would show up at one time. 
But I think there's a certain percentage of his base that would be willing at some point to do that. That's completely different from what you said before. <laughs> you, you, you said that's 30% would show up with guns. I don't guns. think overnight 15% would show up with guns and start shooting people. But I think that that amount of people are absolutely willing to do what he says if it gets to the point where that's necessary. I don't think so. I don't think people have that much loyal. I think there's a very small subset of people who have that much loyalty to him. I think the average if you're, person- if you're still supporting him at this point with all that he's done, there's nothing that he can do where you won't support him, I don't think. I think okay. there's like people, the like we were thing. talking about before, though, there's people who are just don't want, they're doubling down. They're quadrupling down. The interesting know? thing, though, because I, I do, for better or for worse of my own mental humanity or health or whatever, I, I scroll through the comments of Twitter sometimes, and like... Oh, on, that makes me dead inside. On the church thing, there have been far less Trump people. Like, like on other stuff that he's done, people on the wall, on uh, on even killing the Iran general, which I thought was kind of crazy because like you just took somebody out going to the airport, like yeah, whatever. On on all the things that he's done, like there's all been these adamant, crazy, you know, even probably fake bot Twitter accounts. I was gonna say I don't even know how many of them are real people, but some of them are real because they start, you know, some will argue with people. And go I know back some and of them forward. are real because I know them in real life and they yeah. say ridiculous shit. And I actually know a couple of people who, like, in 2016, were posting ridiculous shit and have since been like, "Nah, uh, that was that was dumb on my part." Like, I, there's this one kid I went to college with who was like an adamant Trump guy for a little while, and then he was like, he like, what? Yeah, like, I want to say I know a couple of people like that too, where it was like maybe I don't even know. Maybe it was like when he was just running, people were supporting yeah. him or whatever. And I'm like, like I can't believe you guys are actually supporting him. Like, I know who you are. I would never in a million years think you would do this. And then maybe it was like. Within the first year, they were like, "No, no, no, I'm not, I'm not about this." <laughs> yeah, but I was like, it still caught me like by surprise. I'm like, I did not see this coming. Yeah. Well, that was the problem with lumping. You know, that was a different problem where people had sort of for a little while they were lumping all Trump supporters into this category of like automatically dumb stupid people who can't think for themselves like yes some of the some some of his supporters That's I, what think, I think i think we're getting closer and closer to who that group and how many people yeah actually is i agree yeah, i think it's definitely it's definitely whittling down but i don't think it's 15 percent. i mean maybe it's 15 percent of the dumb people but it that's a different that's a different percentage than the people who roll up with who are actually willing to roll up with guns yeah get violent yeah and then, like, it's another subset of people who are actually willing to, like, like it. It takes it, like, you know. And like, who, who, not... who would those people be fighting? Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. Like, would they just be fighting the protesters? Because I feel yeah. like the the but the main thing is, I feel like all the Second Amendment people is is if the military got involved and things started taking a China like police state turn, those people would fight the government. They'd fight the police. No, yeah, that's right. I, I think it depends because I was uh. I was perusing the libertarian subreddit because they're like, they just follow the constitution no matter what. And they're saying like, uh, with what he was doing with deploying the military, they're like, yeah, you can't really do that. And they're like, oh, we're actually getting some support from the people on the left since we actually don't agree with that because we're sticking to our principles. Well, that was when he said he had total authority about the pandemic and he lost a lot or he had people being like, 
no, you, you, you don't have total authority. Like, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of libertarians because he was in the, he had that exchange with the reporter where he was like, I have total authority to reopen the economy. And then a bunch of Republicans were like, no, he does like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, not, not a good look for uh, Donnie, Donnie T. Donnie T. I wonder if when he loses the, he'll get arrested. Like as soon as he steps foot off the, White House. For what? All his tax evasion stuff in New York. They're like waiting for him so they can arrest him when he's oh yeah out. So he can't try to pardon himself. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing because you can't like arrest a sitting president sitting for president. whatever he did. But they're like, yeah, whether well, you wait, Donnie, as soon as you're out, we're coming for your ass. <laughs> they're gonna be right outside the door. <laughs> tax evasion. Yeah, it's uh, I I'm, I'm curious to how any other president would have handled it. I would have liked yeah. to see that just because it's so unprecedented. Yeah, and I would have liked to see like this could have been another powerful moment, like JFK, like a JFK tear down this wall type thing. I don't know. I feel like but there could have been I, some I think, really cool, cool moments. I mean, I, I totally agree that president we could have gotten would have done, like, if we had Hillary or whoever. I don't think anyone would have done anything just because we just had a black president for eight years who did nothing for it either. Mm-hmm. There's um, how, there were how many shootings and like police killings when he was president and we still don't have anything changed. No, like, I think. Like, oh, I was just thinking, say? I think what Joe's talking about is more like. You know, with, the pandemic with, or like the. No, I I was more so looking for like a moment of unity because I th- feel like America for the past I don't know, Since definitely the past I think Obama. definitely these past four years, but I think even stretching back towards almost like two thousand eight, maybe even before. Like I'd say, like after the recession, really, we've just started coming apart more. Like nine yeah. eleven really unified the country. World War Two unified the country. Like over the course of the past century we've had key moments that unify the country the space race world yeah. war ii 9 11 and i was like this could have been a unifying thing as opposed to a separating thing yeah if, and, well and if you think about i, I would have been i would have been really interested to see how you know a presidential president would have handled things and how we would have come out on the other side from this i just think that if it was like say it was like a democratic president they would have said something nice and we would have been like oh yeah that's nice or whatever but then the other side the republicans they would have been upset so i I think we're i think we're too divided right now to satisfy both sides unless i think unless like world war three started or like some ridiculous i mean even the natural disasters like you can't even do that right it's like well he i mean he has taken a lot of the grace out of the a lot of the honor out of the office, I think. I think it used yeah. to be like an honorable thing, and now it's just like a popularity like a reality TV show thing. Um, and because, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say because I like I remember Obama speaking after after Sandy Hook and it being very moving. Like, Sandy Hook is the one that's stuck in my mind for Obama. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah that 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 one I like. I remember that you know it wasn't unifying, but it was moving. It was honorable. It was you know it was challenging for sure but like it like it's i just something you expected a president to do you know yeah when something like that happens you expect the president to come out and give you know a sombering you know kind of 
gutted the you know the speech that he did you know he kind of he gave the the proper the proper speech and it's like i, I think yeah. that's the it's hard to imagine going back to a place where we could have these moments of whether it be of like collective emotion like that's the thing is that now there's just sort of this you know well there's one emo one group has one emotion well the other group has to have the other emotion because they can't be with this group you know it's uh it's I when uh like the pandemic was starting whatever and trump did his first like addressing the union thing i think that's probably the closest we've gotten to like unifying people yeah i remember joe was up here when we were watching it and i was like this is like the one moment where i feel like he actually did a good job i'm gonna like i hate the guy but like out of all and compared to other presidents he did a shit job but for him like that was his high point i was gonna say it's completely fake though he, oh, of course, of course. But at least wrote that for him. But that's the thing, because of everything else he's done, you can see right through the bullshit. And now that we're months after and seeing how it's played out, you know he was full of shit. Oh, oh, of course. But in the time, I was like, this is probably the closest we got. But it's, it. I know he's full of shit. Like yeah. I don't feel convinced at all that we're unified. It's all for naught now. It's a real shame. Yeah, I think. I think uh, just one of the biggest damages that Trump has done is he has, like you said, Dan, just completely lowered the level that in which we hold the president in just like a collective regard, which yeah. is internationally <clears throat> and domestically. I hate like how Joe Biden is probably going to be the democratic candidate or whatever. Cause like the bar is so low. I think in any other time, Joe Biden would not be the candidate. There's so much wrong with him. So much you can pick apart with like his voting history and stuff. It's like, are you kidding me? Like this would be a joke to put this. And, and I'm sorry. Like he, he can't talk. Like he actually. Oh no, yeah. He, yeah. It, like but that's it's not like, a cognitive decline. Yeah. Trump is like, Oh, he set the bar so low that that's what we have to settle with. Yeah. I, and I like, like I didn't, you know, there were flaws with some of the other candidates, but they would, I just couldn't understand. Like, no, it, it would have been better. Yeah. Back at the beginning of when there were like, what, 20 candidates or something? Yeah. And it was like, all right, I, Joe Biden, like, he's going to be the guy. I'm like, are you kidding me? We have all these other people to pick from, and this is the dude you're going to go with? Like, we could have picked someone else marginally better. Like, yeah. if it, even if it's not the guy I want, there were better options out there that we could have done. But, Oh God! Yeah, Which, I I hate like we're gonna have to deal with another shit four years either way. However it goes, not gonna get anything done. Well, and it all be it all because it's a reaction to Trump winning. It's like all right, we ju we just gotta get him out of office, no matter how bad our guy's gonna be. Whoever is gonna get him out of office, that's who we gotta run with. And now it's like, I think well, he's in, and now we gotta wait four years to try this again with someone else. I think that's the other one really good thing that I've seen coming out of all these protests and. Just watching the video of George George Floyd's brother speaking. Oh yeah, I thought that was a very good video. It's just like he, what he said, basically in summary, is just look at my brother is the one who died, and I'm not out here doing this stupid destructive shit. So why are you? Why are you burning down your whole communities? Instead, educate yourself and get out and vote for change. And that should yeah. be the message that pierces through the most. Is because. All this, this protest, all this protesting is great and all, bringing the issues to the forefront. But the only way we can effectively change it peacefully and for the long term is to vote out this old guard. Yeah, yeah. And he's saying don't just like 
and that's a grassroots thing. To get no, Trump vote for your local election. Yeah, vote down yeah, ballot. Your, and do exactly. research for these folks. Yeah, like, yeah, don't like, blindly go, follow go what they talk tell to you. them. Go figure out, like, go see what they're about. That's a, I think that's a big, that's a big thing. I'm kind of, I'm excited and I'm hoping that I'm like, I'm hoping that I have the, uh, you know, I want to make sure that I don't, that I, that I still make time for it in the fall. Cause I feel like if, and this is sort of an if I, uh, you know, regarding the pandemic, if things improve and if if things get better, like it might be easy to forget come September and October. Like I, I want to make sure that I remember to go and like really look into maybe like listen to some of these these local people talk and like hear what hear what they, uh, you know, hear their positions and hear how they want to fix the, you know, the issues that matter. And uh, yeah, I saw someone was trying to put a list together of a. Uh, it was like just comment leave below your local representative that you like is like a progressive guy that I was looking at. He's like, let's try to get a list of all the progressive people that we should be voting for down ballot come November. Even if you don't want to vote for the president, like I don't really care if you do that, but at least go out and vote for the down ballot people that matter a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, cause they're the ones that do that. Like, cause I mean, and you saw it, I mean, in the pandemic, part of it was because the federal government's response was so pitifully weak but also like the state i saw a stat and maybe it's true maybe it's not but 49 out of 50 state governors are polling better than trump right now um, oh, i believe it which because like but because they did stuff like ralph northam in virginia i've been impressed with him he's made fact-based decisions <clears throat> he's been honest he's been you know he's like he says he doesn't know about the schools in the fall because he doesn't like yeah. you can't know like I don't blame him for not knowing, but I I give him credit for being honest about it. How are you supposed to know? It's three months away. This pandemic changes by the week. Like, yeah. Instead of instead of pretending to know when the end is in sight and how this is going to shake out, most people, most of the governors have just been like, "Hey, dude, I'm just a person. I'm just a person. I'm just a person too. I'm looking yeah. at the same news reports as you. I have no clue when this is how this is going to shake out. And yeah. Trump just been putting on this facade like he knows what's going on. Well, and I think the, that's the last thing people want. It's just going to wash through yeah. overnight. The economy is very, very big. Very, very my very big ability fix the economy to the bigliest, bigliest economy <laughs> of all time. It's like, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the other thing that looked, that looked bad for him was the uh, was the drug that he promoted that wasn't that oh good. Oh my god! Yeah. I was trying to tell my brother about that because he was like, "Oh yeah, like it's it seemed like promising stuff." And I'm like, "I've seen one study that said it's promising, and any other study I've seen says that it's a piece of shit and doesn't work." I, I saw like, it kill more people. And then I, I was like, his reasoning was, "Well." if it shows promising results, why shouldn't we run with it? Like we don't have anything else. We might as well go for it. I'm like, because it costs money. Why are we going to dump money into something that hasn't proven to been like be effective yet? I don't fault them for looking into it, but it's once you get the information, now we need to take the information and react to it. It's sort of the, the idea, you know, we need to do research. Okay. We did the research. We, you know, there were studies that came back that said this drug had an increased risk of heart attacks in its use. Um, and that's just one example of, okay, we got the information. Now we need to do something different. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. There are so many studies. The first one that came out about it was saying it was a good thing. And people just took that for what it was. They didn't question it at all. They didn't look into the study. Like how like truthful is it? Like what were the, how did they go about conducting the study? And then 
they're like, all right, yeah, this, this is it. We got to run with it. This is what we have. Rather than saying, all right, let's question it some more. And now that they do question them some more, it's like, no, this thing doesn't work. We should be doing, putting the money elsewhere, maybe more research into either a vaccine or some kind of therapy for it. Remdesivir did pretty well, but. But even that, it just shortens the day. It's not, it like shortens the, what, by like three days or something? Yeah, but that's It depends on when you, it depends on when you take it. But still, same thing. Like, I'm fine with promoting that. But at the same point, they're they're not funding this themselves. The taxpayers are funding it. Why are you going to charge the taxpayers twice for something that, A, isn't their fault? Like, a pandemic, it's not someone's fault. So why are you get, you're going to use the taxpayers' money? Why are you going to charge the taxpayers them, for the hospitals? Yeah. Like come, yeah. that's the same. That doesn't make sense to, really to me. Like you you got to charge them. You're going to charge them more because you have to run the hospitals anyway. Like and you have to do research. Like you can't not. Yeah. Like you can't blame these scientists for just exploring different possibilities and you know, making mistakes along the way. Sure, money's going to be thrown out. There's going to be dead ends. But no. Oh, but like, but my point was the study that said this thing that uh, hydroxychloroquine was effective in the first place. The guy that ran the study is like, he doesn't believe in climate change. Like he's like a joke of a scientist, but no, but no one questions that. They just like take it for what it is. Probably because Trump said it. He said, oh, this is, this is some promising thing, but they don't like question it at all. People were questioning it, but I feel like too many people were like, I feel like willing to jump on board. I feel like in that particular situation, Trump had a soundbite and people latched onto that. Yeah. I think the I I have to give the utmost respect to the scientists and the CDC and stuff like that. They've been doing their job. No, I, I like what they've long. been doing. Yeah, and like pe- bad people are bad actors are going to slip through the cracks. Like you, there's going to be shoddy scientists, just like there's shoddy people in every other thing. There's shoddy police officers. You know, there's shoddy accountants. I think that that's kind of opened people's eyes. Like most people. They don't pay attention to science too much. I don't think in general that, people don't pay attention. That is too definitely much. the biggest like but problem. That's the thing. Like they see, like oh, this scientific study came out saying that this is effective. It must be true. Like they don't even realize they should be questioning science because you can be dead wrong in that as well. Mm-hmm. Not, not even like just like basic like study like how you did the study. It's like just basic stuff that if you realize that you'd be like eh, I don't know about this. For me, that's probably the most destructive thing Trump has done is has destroyed our trust in science. That is the most dangerous thing. Like, yeah. how how's the person in charge of the Environmental Protection Agency? Oh, that pisses me off. The people he has in charge pisses me off. In in the middle of this pandemic, all the rollbacks he's done, it's so damaging. Yeah, that's the greatest threat. Like, I mean, all this civil unrest that's going on obviously it's a huge a huge problem and something needs to be done but these these civil protests are not even close to the scale of climate change I, that, and, and all oh that. That, this is this is extinction level human extinction yeah. level stuff i was talking and about with, uh, my mom, the like, uh, yeah like a week ago about this and i'm like the thing that pisses me off is like this pandemic People are so up in arms about it, like, because you can see the direct results, like 100,000 people have died of this so far. But with climate change, it's so, like, brought out over the next, like, decade or two, and going back the past few Mm -hmm. decades, that you don't see the immediate results in overnight. 
that you, you like need data over several years to see the impact and putting it in the future, seeing how bad it could be. People just don't understand. Like, why are we going to let it get to that level? The frequency of natural disasters is going through the roof. We, we just had the coldest day in June on record. June 1st. Coldest June ever. Year. The, dr- yeah. the droughts in California. California, I think, produces like 20%. I don't know. I'm speaking out my ass here. But I know they produce a ton of the U.S.'s food. Yeah. Like, just think about if there's droughts in the Midwest. Like, if there's bad droughts in the Midwest, the corn supplies go down. We're fucked. And th- imagine this happen- happening across the world. Well, the, yeah, the I mean, fish stock, the fish stocks being destroyed. Overfishing is a huge problem. Coral reefs being destroyed. Amazon rainforest being destroyed. Like all these pillars that are keeping human civilization alive are all burning to the ground at the same time. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, if you if you checked out the uh, the latest installment from your favorite uh, favorite YouTube channel, uh, <laughs> You would uh, it's just a quick plug, you know. Um, you might you might find a fun fact about uh, what's your at Bland five one two three. Bland's data. Bland's data. Bland's data. Drop me a sub if you're feeling it. Um, (laughs) But uh, you might find that twenty percent of the world's oxygen is produced by the rainforest um, for a real stat, and I'm like, and they're they're cutting it down actively, and I'm like, well, that's. That seems like a bad plan. Um, that's like also it, like that's something that I think you need like one kind of world council on. It's like because these countries, it's technically their land, like it's their rainforest. You, you like it's kind of hard to tell them what to do with it, but you know that in the best interest of humans as a race, not as these individual countries, it's better if you don't cut the thing down. But also, it's just hard to like, like Brazil. I'm thinking of because they just keep mowing down the. I mean, their president's he's, he's a jackass. Oh, he's a nut job, yeah. He, yeah I don't know terrible. who's worse, him. Or, well, I would say Trump is worse, but he's on the same level as him. He's on the same level, yeah. He's terrible. Yeah, I don't know what the best way to handle that is because, like, it's like the Paris they're attempting to do that. No, I'm I'm saying more so what you were saying about like the the natural resources are owned by that particular country. Like we don't, yeah. we don't have typical we don't have jurisdiction over it. It's the same thing with like fish because yeah, uh, it's like, well, you know like fish travel across the world. So if we like the U.S. does a pretty good job on international scale of managing its fisheries and stuff. And this is something like I'm personally invested in because I love fishing so much. But like China. And Japan and all all the uh, the Asian countries overfishing and pollution of the ocean is a massive problem there. And like, although it's, it's technically their water, like that's affecting the world's fish stocks. Yeah, and it's but similar with the rainforest. I just don't know what the best way to go about. It's just hard to get that is and like on the planet to think of the world as like one human race we're not all these divided countries it's just one human race and this is something that will kill everybody it's not going to kill one country like slowly it will like it'll probably slowly like affect more countries worse in the beginning but eventually it's going to kill everybody and it's hard to get people to like think that way 
Well, I mean, I think part of it, people need to read up on some of these natural disasters that have gotten worse. So like a really good example of a, of a climate change based disaster was that hurricane that hit the Bahamas, where you can really you could really see in the data how the warmer water fueled that storm that allowed like like if you know a little bit about storm structure and physics and kind of educate, you know, this was something that I mean, I love storms. I love the weather. So I get educated on it. Um but because of the extremely warm water at the time, that's what caused that storm, that convection to really firm up to kind of make it the category five. But then that's also what causes this stall. And so that that hurricane that hit the Bahamas last year, Dorian, was probably the worst, one of the worst storms that's ever hit a piece of land in, in the like ever, because it really for three days, it was a tornado a flood and um, and it like a. I don't know. It was a tornado, a flood, and a tsunami all at the same time. Just like torrential rains, like third, you know. I mean that it then that will happen. That's going to begin to happen every, you know, in different places, not completely ubiquitously, but you know, Florida will be underwater at some point, as most some of it is already eroding. But like these storms, these new storms are no like they are just stronger. Like the the numbers are there, uh, and I think you know, an, an important way to convince people of that is to like walk them through how that happens. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, it, it, when it, the root comes back to just like educating yourself. Information. That's what yeah, you need. You just gotta. And you can't have these people throwing out this bullshit, false stuff. Like, information. I think like, not necessarily conspiracy theories, but like flat earthers, like how the hell is anyone a flat earther? Ever get on a plane? You can see it's round. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how you like can't see forever in the distance. Like there's a horizon. Like <laughs> you just look at like curvature of the Earth. <laughs> you ever been to the beach? <laughs> the funniest thing is how like people Dude, we're uh, using here. we're using sticks and stones, and we're able to fucking figure out that the Earth. I is know. <laughs> no, the best thing is a. Uh, was it a Netflix documentary where some flat earther tried to prove it right and he proved himself wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he like a really and then he doubled down that it was flat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Where are you at, Kyrie? Something else. Something else. <laughs> uh, but that's, I mean, hey, the information thing is the same thing with, uh, you know, in a, in a different way, but the same thing with the, the racial stuff. It's all about, you know, informing yourself about what other people are going through, I think. It's, yeah. a, it's a similar... It's all, all the same thing. You're people are fear, you know, and, and it's all. I think I feel like a lot of it comes back to fear from ignorance and you fear know discomfort too. Yeah, fear, but like that comes from the fear of not net, like yeah, ignorance. Yeah, yeah, it's fear. It's all like it's all fear based, you know. And so if you give yourself information, it erases the fear. This is, I mean, that's really the a very simple mechanism that could be used in a powerful way. I think. I think in terms of the. The racial issues, though, at least for science, you can read up, read up on it and you get a perfectly, perfectly good understanding and you can make your judgments off of just reading an article or something. But I yeah. think for the racial tensions, it all boils down to human interaction. Well, it's more emotional. Than exactly. It's more emotional. But I think that's that's where most of the division in this this rift that has formed it it all starts in these these echo chambers and it's just going back and forth and so so much can be misconstrued from just written word as opposed to spoken word 
Yeah. I think there, there's a lot of misunderstanding there in the sense of think there, there's a lot of times just things that aren't meant to be taken in a certain way, but just since, since it's written in text, there's no context. Oh, I know that drives me nuts. Or you can just like say some shit and forget about it. You don't have to worry about someone like right then and there calling you out on your bullshit. Oh, that's so true. Here's this thought. I'm right. I'm not going to have any more to do with this statement now. Like, I don't care. Or you can just say something like, like you could sometimes speak out of, like, sometimes you say something and like, then you think about it and you're like, wait, that was dumb. Yeah. yeah. That happens all the time. Like sit and think about it a little bit. Yeah. Or you, you just thought quickly and you like, sometimes you get on a thought train and you just, you get to a certain point without considering another, another path for a minute. And you sort of end up at this point that like, can, could be completely illogical. And also, you're just many times it's just reactionary. You yep. see something that you don't like and you immediately respond. Yeah. Like people, people having conversations face to face, they don't do that. They don't. Right. Well, sometimes they do and they usually take it. You know, you, you, everyone said something that they regret and they apologize for it later. Yeah. But there's not, apologies don't work the same, same way online. Because it's already there. It's kind of already set in stone. Anyway, dude, I think we I think this is our longest one ever. It's close to two yeah, hours. Two hours. I think it's Tag. about time to wrap up. You making dinner, Joe? Oh man, no. Got no, to this TV though. I'm you sorry. got what? Oh, you got to finish the TV. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish it tonight. Wow. Anyway, I think that's a pretty good stopping point. Yeah, we'll check we'll definitely. Back. De- yeah, we'll definitely yeah. check back. I want to do a couple, couple more this week, just because I've, I've been having a lot, a lot more free time. But anyway, signing off. Adios, right. amigos. Talk to you later. Blaine's data. Check it out. Check <laughs> it out. The best data in all seventy universes.